This week at church, Pastor Robin McKinley begins a new series, Power for Life. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power and you'll become my witness. You can join us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on 426 Laurelwood Road in Pottstown. That's right by the Coventry Mall. Also, if this ministry has touched you in any way, please send us an email at info at c3pottstown.com. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you enjoy today's message. In the early part of the book of Acts, chapter 1, we're told that Jesus appears to his disciples, and then the disciples realize we are now in a mode of transition. With the resurrection of Jesus, they look forward to the future with a new understanding, at least in their mind. But it doesn't come without questions about the future. So three and a half, or three years or three and a half years or so, they followed Jesus with the hopes that he would fulfill the prophecies of the Messiah coming into the world. They were expecting Jesus, the Messiah, to establish the kingdom of God here on the earth. They expected that Jesus um, would elevate them at the same time and they would have rule over the earth along with him. Well, the messianic fulfillment, his coming to be king over everything, was really their hopes and dreams, and that God would basically fix all the stuff on the earth that was broken. Wouldn't that be great? If all the stuff on the earth... Well, we don't even have to go that far. How about all the stuff in your life that is broken? See, we can relate to that. Maybe as you think about an encounter with the Holy Spirit, you think, wouldn't it be great if from now through the future, God would fix everything in my life that's broken? Everything. I mean, think about it. Relationships that aren't working. He's going to make them better and people are going to get along with me. Or the bills are going to get paid. We can all relate to that, can't we? You're going to get a raise, or you're going to get a promotion. Can I have a hallelujah on that one? Yeah, we'll take that. There's going to be an increase in favor in my life, and there's going to be solutions come to my problems, and family members that are odds are going to come back, and they're going to reconcile. We can all relate to those things. Look what the disciples did. It says, when they gathered around him, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? This is the thought they had, that everything that's broken in our life, Jesus is going to fix it. He's going to fix it because he's already beaten death. He is raised from the dead. And if he can beat death, he could certainly fix everything that's wrong on the earth. They ask him the question. As they're standing there with Jesus in his resurrected form, they say, Lord, 
Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is this the time they're saying? You're going to make everything the way it's supposed to be. I mean, isn't that what we've been longing for? This is what the future holds for us. Here's what he said to them. It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But, don't you love it when the Lord throws in the but? But, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pause here for a moment on the phrase, it's not for you to know. They said, is this the time you're going to make everything right? How are you going to work all this thing out now? Is this the moment whenever the kingdom comes to the earth? Don't we do that as well? We ask God, what's going to happen in my future? And it seems though, whenever you seek God for answers about the future, you very rarely get an answer. Why? Because if you knew, it wouldn't make anything better. It would actually make things worse. And he loves you so much that he's not going to do that to you. Because if you knew what was going to happen, you would be filled with anxiety. Yeah. You would start to develop or try to develop solutions for stuff on your own. Stuff that hasn't even happened yet. I remember when we were on the road, we would would have some pretty slim weeks when it came to finances. And when it was all said and done, those things that we worried about, we were wondering, why in the world did we worry about it? God took care of it anyhow. But see, it wasn't in our timing. It was in His timing. Well... You need to wait because knowing the specifics about the future isn't going to make you have peace. Look at what the disciples, he said to the disciples. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses. He doesn't say, now in 10 days, you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say anything like that. He didn't say, next week, two weeks at the most. You know why? Because their focus wouldn't have been on that prayer meeting. Their focus would have been on, oh man, is it going to be today? He said 10 days. Is that today? Does that mean 10 days in the morning or 10 days in the afternoon? No. They had no idea. They didn't even know what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. They didn't know what was going to happen. Peter said, 10 days, there's going to be cloven tongues of fire on you. Man, they'd been looking up all the time. When's it going to happen? Maybe we should go outside so the place don't burn. Ah, no. Confidence comes comes not from knowing the specifics, but rather from knowing 
the source. I'm starting your notes now if you'd like to follow. Whatever happens to you, whenever it happens to you, if you know who to go to, if you have a relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, His Son, who you know is on your side, if you have or if you're in a living relationship with the Holy Spirit, you have a source of wisdom and of life and of grace and of power that you can live out of. So it's better to know the source than to know the specifics of your life. Here's what we're told in uh, verse 4 of Acts 1. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We need an experience with the Holy Spirit. The poster child for this type of transformation was Simon Peter. Remember, Peter was one of the three that Jesus took wherever he went. Uh, James, John, and Peter. Up until the time that he experiences the Holy Spirit, Peter pretty much lived out of his own strength. With some of the stuff he offered to God being pretty good, and some of the stuff he offered to God was not pretty good. When Peter experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he became a totally different guy. Supernatural things began to happen. And he becomes an incredibly bold, powerful leader. And it happened because of an experience that he had with the Holy Spirit. Let me just say, everyone needs to have experiences with the Holy Spirit. Everyone. Whether you know Jesus or not. And the reason I say that is because if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart today and give you the ability to say, Jesus is Lord. Because the Bible says you can't even call Jesus Lord without the Holy Spirit. And those of you who know Jesus as Lord, you need an experience with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because He will give you power, is what the Scripture says. Now, the word experience scares some people because there are those who don't want an experiential faith. They want a faith that's a little safer. They want a faith that's a little more contained because when you start having experiences, it affects your emotions and it affects your responses. In fact, there are two primary experiences that everybody needs to have. The first one happens when you get saved, when your life changes because you surrender your life to Jesus. And I just talked about that. And here's what Jesus says. He says again, uh, Jesus said, Peace be to you. Uh, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with, that, be uh, and with that, be breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now there's a second experience that we need. The disciples had already received the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20, but Jesus is saying, you haven't got it all yet. There's more to it. There's more to it than just the salvation experience when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He says, 
Don't leave Jerusalem. You need the Holy Spirit to come upon you. You need the Holy Spirit to overflow you and to give you power to begin to live a supernatural life. Maybe you've had this second experience, but you've allowed your walk with the Holy Spirit to become a bit dormant. All of us need an ongoing filling, and we need it all the time. We need a, the fresh work of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives on a daily basis. Now, Jesus and Christianity isn't a philosophy. It's not a set of principles. It's not a ritual or a routine. It's a relationship with a real person. It's, uh, but we, 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 as individuals, we want to depersonalize and, and de-emotionalize and de-experience uh, we don't want to experience it. Because that's a big word on there. We want it to be safe. We want it to be contained. Something that we just think about. God is saying, no, 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 no. no. There's much more to it than this. God is saying, I want to dip you into the power of God. I want to fill your life with joy and authority and the supernatural dimension of all things that I and only I can do for you. Friends, you've got to open your life to Him to have those experiences with God. Why? So you can be changed. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't need to be changed. <laughs> Give yourself over to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And you're going to say, man, I'm glad I got changed. Hallelujah. Well, Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Now, here's the way this verse has been preached a lot of times, is that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power to be my witness. And that's a true statement, but that's not what this says. This says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power and you'll become my witness. So the second point is, we need explosiveness. We need the explosiveness of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power. Yes, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's life-altering. It's a little bit like riding the wave. It's like being on the force that carries you. It's powerful. And, and when God operates in this world, He doesn't primarily work just on your circumstances. You know, we look at our circumstances and... God, I don't understand why you're letting this happen to me. God, did you see what's going on? God, this, God, that. Well, he's interested in your circumstances, but that's not his primary focus. Absolutely not. Had one person tell me, it's not God if I'm not happy. Welcome to the real world, friends. No. His primary way of operation 
is not working from the outside of us. It's to work from the inside of us. The Holy Spirit works in you and in me, birthing the things that need to happen in us so that we can be effective in the world that we live in in a positive way. Now, I, I know some of you are probably thinking, I had the right to say something like that. God, I don't understand why this is going on in my life. But can I refer you to another scripture that says, in everything, give thanks? Where is the thanks when you're pointing a finger at God? It's not there. It's not there. He wants to work within us so that it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We can handle it because of the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us. And we can handle it in a way that it's pleasing to God. It's pleasing to God. You see, when that starts to happen, and our speaker spoke about this, you know, he talked about the gifts of the Spirit. We're not even going to get into that today. But he talked about the fruit of the Spirit that's birthed within us. And that's what we're talking here, this powerful thing called love. And all the fruit of the Spirit goes back to the word love, to what love is. And that works from within us. Well, I don't love that person. Did you see the way they act? No, 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 no. I love that person despite what they just did. And we can do it meaning it because we've got that power of the Holy Spirit within us because there's an explosion of His power within us and it comes out in our lives so that we can become world changers. And I'm not talking about on the global front. I mean, it possibly could happen. I'm talking about in the world that we live in. It'll be when someone comes up to you and says, why do you act the way that you do? It seems like when all the things that go are going wrong, you've got a song in your heart. You, you treat it differently. Friends, I want to tell you something. That's the Holy Spirit coming from within, without. Hallelujah. Well, this explosion within us comes out of us in different ways. In different ways. My wife, I don't know if you've noticed this. If you haven't, I'm going to share it with you this morning, okay? My wife gets really excited about things. Oh, you've, you've noticed that? That's the way it comes out in her. She, it, she gets emotional. I want to tell you something. Sometimes I cannot contain the excitement that's going on in our house. You know why? Because it don't come out of me excitedly. I'm different. I'm wired differently. And that doesn't mean that she's more spiritual than I am. It means she's more emotional than I am. Well, just, just, just don't you get excited about that? I says, look, honey, I'm jumping up and down. <laughs> and she thinks I'm not telling her the truth. But inside, 
I mean, I'm, my, my insides are... No, honest, I, I, I don't jump up and down. But you see, it doesn't matter how we react to the Holy Spirit working within us. We've just got to let Him work within us. I mean, I long for the Holy Spirit to work within my life. Because my wife needs me to be the kind of husband that has a genuine Holy Spirit experience that is showing fruit from inside. My kids and my grandkids, they need me to be the kind of that, that kind of dad and grandfather. You need me to be that kind of pastor for you. Therefore, I must allow the Spirit of God to be at work in me all the time. And it's the same way with you. You need the Holy Spirit to be at work in you all the time. Thirdly, we need to have an expectation of the Holy Spirit. God wants good things for you. He wants good things for your future. He wants to tell you every day that He loves you. He wants to show you every day that He loves you. He wants to heal the broken and hurting places within your life. He wants to equip you to face the things that you have to face on a daily basis. He wants to give your life meaning and purpose. But you cannot experience any of that if you try to do it from the outside of you. You've got to allow it to work from the inside of you. You've actually got to take the risk. Sister, Audie this week says, you've got to pray um, scary prayers. That's what I'm talking about here this morning. Take the risk and say, Holy Spirit, would you just do that in my life? And I don't know what that is for you, okay? You've got to be able to say, I'm open to you. Would you do this in me? And He will. He will do what He promised in Acts. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, I'm not sure exactly how this service is going to close this morning. I loved what Brother Jack did on Wednesday night. We didn't even have any music at the end, those of you weren't, who weren't here. He says, if you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just put your, oh, he, this way, this, this way. Put your arms like this as you pray for others. Don't get up, just stay right where you're at. And put your, he says, if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, put your hands like this. And he says, as you get filled, then turn your hands around and pray for others that need to be filled. Friends, each of us need to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Each of us needs to have that explosiveness with the Holy Spirit. And the only way we can do that is to have an expectation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it all comes, first of all, with a relationship with Jesus. So this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, why don't you call upon His name this morning and say, Jesus, 
I want to have this relationship. I, I want to be able to plug into the power that you've made available. And ask Him to forgive you of the things that you've done wrong in your lives. And tell Him, I want to live for you. I want to know more about you. And I'd like to have this Holy Spirit that this preacher is talking about. So, I'd like to make a declaration over you this morning. Everyone in this room, those of you watching by television, I'd like to make this declaration. And then after I'm done making the declaration, Jonathan is going to lead us in a worship song, asking the Holy Spirit to come. And this altar is open for you. So this morning, I declare over your life that any hardness within you would be softened. Hardness that might be due to pain or shame or guilt. Hardness due to the pace in your life. Even right now, I declare that inside of you, there is going to be a volcanic eruption of the Holy Spirit of God within your life. I declare that this will now become to, will come to spill over and affect your relationships. That it will affect the atmosphere in your home. I declare that you will have a fresh revelation about who God is as He reminds you of how much He loves you. And even right now, there is a shifting uh, beginning within your spirit. I declare from today on, this will be the best of your life that you have ever had. A year of great intimacy with God, great, greater than you've ever known before. I declare that these things will come over you right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus.